It wasn't pretty. It wasn't particularly satisfying. But one thing is for true, if you want to put it that way, the Kansas City Chiefs are in first place in the AFC. That means if you're looking at seeding after four weeks, it's a little early, but your Chiefs are at the top. We're going to tell you why. These ugly wins do pay off down the line. What else is coming up today on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Another Locked On Chiefs. We're following up that that ugly win against the Jets. There's a lot to go over there. We thank you for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day on multiple platforms and all for free, whether you're here on YouTube where we would ask you to like and sub and hit that bell, or whether you're on the audio side, and that's over on Spotify and Apple and every platform where you can get a free show, you can get us because we are free five days a week, sometimes more. For all you everydayers, we very much appreciate you. And you can give me more information on the text line over at 816-357-8781. Go get subbed over there. All you got to do is send us a text and the rest will follow like water. Super, super simple. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com and RGR Football. My partner, Chris Clark, here with Chiefs Corner, where you can get all the information you're going to need about third downs in the 2023 season for this team, as well as your capology needs. Uh, that's where I go, and that's why I need Chris to straighten me out. A lot to cover today. What did the defense do to make those plays to get this win done? What is Mahomes doing? He even had a couple of comments post-game about it as well. And ugly wins are still wins. They had to use the run game, but it's got them in the lead right now. Is that surprising to you at this point, given that 3-1 and one is still 3-1? and one? Three and one is three and one, and uh, every team has played bad at times this season so far in the AFC, at least. Uh, NFC, it's a little bit different. The Eagles, I'm not going to say that they played bad, but they definitely looked like they were beatable against the Redskins, or uh, I'm sorry, the Commanders yesterday. Uh, the Niners are really the only team that seemed to be above everybody at this point that they played. So, you know, every team looks like they're beatable at some point, other than the Niners, in my opinion. And with Kansas City, I think they're more beatable than most probably, especially any that are three and one or four and oh, just because Mahomes has been off this first month of the season and Kelsey's been off too. It's not just Mahomes. Kelsey and Mahomes both being off has caused the offense to sputter and that's a big problem. It, it certainly is. And when you take a look at, at where this has gotten them um, to the standings, this is a team that despite uh, having a loss because they played some NFC teams in the conference. They're the only undefeated team. They don't have an AFC loss yet. That's that's particularly critical when it comes down to the stretch that we'll get to later in the season. But right now they're ahead by winning percentage as well, and, and that helps. But they have a couple of things going for them. If you were to guess, let me just ask you this. Who's the best defense in this conference? Jets are probably pretty far up there, although uh, the, the Bills, I guess, I think are probably number one right now. The The Bills are the highest-ranked AFC defense. That is absolutely true. Uh, points against in particular, um, you're going to get them at number three. The Chiefs are surprisingly well ahead of the Jets, and the Chiefs are at seven with Baltimore at eight. Three top ten teams in that category. So that's that's conference Points for plus points against rank, and that's that's the net that comes out. The Chiefs are five touchdowns ahead. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are ten touchdowns ahead, and so like that gives you an idea of not just what the wins and losses give you, but how they're playing the game. 
it's certainly a departure. And while I am tickled at how much the run game was important last night, it's definitely a departure. And I feel like this is the basis for some sustained change and sustained ability to take in some of those tougher defenses that are here in the conference and prepare them for the, the stretch run later in the year. Well, and the Chiefs actually, and I'm not, I don't like injuries at all, but the Bills defense took a huge hit. Uh, Tredavious White is out with an Achilles. That's definitely going to be something that's going to affect their defense. Uh, We're only going to have to wait and see how that affects their defense. Uh, I think they're still going to have a fantastic defense the way that they play. Uh, They were very hard-nosed against the Dolphins, so that's going to be something to watch in the future. And the Chiefs do play the Dolphins and the Bills later this season. But as you started this, you talked about how they played the NFC. They played them twice already. They get ready to play them a third time in five weeks this coming week against the Vikings. Uh, and at that point, then you get three divisional games back to back to back. So Kansas City is going to get most of their NFC games out of the way in the first five weeks. And then they're going to be going up against their own division for the next three weeks. They get the Broncos twice in the, in the Chargers. And after the watch of the Broncos do what they did yesterday, I think that should be two games that they should probably easily win. The question is going to be when it comes to the Chargers, which team are you going to get? And is Herbert going to be healthy? Yeah, and that's a good question. And, and here's the other factor that that all goes to. This is the third season in a row where we've seen a lot of, of misdirection, a lot of different things that contribute to not being a optimal performance early in the year. Um, I personally still believe that it's part of the hangover of going to all these AFC championships and Super Bowls. When your season ends so late, I think that there's just this this natural hangover the first quarter of the season where they have slow starts. You're getting that out of the way early, and then just as you start to get up to speed, you get your division, and then you continue, and you're going to have more games down the line against some supposed contenders. We'll see if it actually works out that way, Cincinnati. But there's going to be plenty of things that they have to ramp up for. And so this is the right time to struggle and have to find yourself. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and you make a great point against Cincinnati. Uh, Burrow hasn't even averaged 185 yards passing this season yet in four games and is passing for, I think, 4.8 yards per attempt. Um, So something to watch there when you start talking about the Bengals. But don't forget that, uh, you know, they have Jamar Chase, who is always open, according to him, uh, after the game. That was interesting comments. I'm pretty sure Reed would be pissed off if one of the players came out and said that after the way that the games have been going for them. Yeah. And unfortunately, I, I, I don't think this is all on Joe Burrow. Kudos to him for pushing through. Um, he, he is a competitor. I don't think that it's all on his performance. I, I don't think he's getting the blocking he deserves. That's not a coincidence. I, I don't think that the, what they're choosing to do with the run game is, is working for them as well. And so that sets them up to really not be in position when they face the Chiefs. Wait, I thought that their offensive line was getting better. I thought that they just picked up a, a you know a Pro Bowl left tackle that should make all their offensive line better. I don't understand. So did they? That's just the yeah. way that that works. Acquisitions don't always. It's not always one plus one. So okay, sometimes that stuff happens. But what else? Well, is happening? the bigger. Really quick, the bigger problem with with what's going on with Joe Burrow is he can't move, and what you've seen from Patrick Mahomes with Orlando Brown is his left tackle is he was able to move in the pocket. He was able to still move around and get away from things. Joe Burrow can't do that right now. He has to be basically a statue and trying to gut it out and trying to play. 
but that is definitely not going to help a guy like Orlando Brown who gets who can easily get beat around the edge, and he has been several times this year. Yeah, and unfortunately for them, that's going to continue, I have to think. But kudos to them. We'll see what kind of shape they're in when they do face the Chiefs later in the season. But what's the defense doing? Who's stepping up and how? And is it going to continue to work? I don't know if this game was the greatest indicator, but we're going to take a look at the stats, the projections, and everything that happened against the Jets and how we move forward from there. But first, when we get back, we're going to go over Mahomes himself. Where is he and what does it mean? You shouldn't have to worry about when you're trying to buy tickets to the next big event. Whether you want to go to a Chiefs game in Minnesota, like our buddy uh, MN Chiefs fan is going to do, Seth Kaiser, he's going to be at the game in Minnesota this weekend. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, ba baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If your tickets, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NFL, L O C K E D O N N F L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Guarantees are what you're looking for in this business. Come whatever, May. And I think that's kind of what we're we're always used to. Guarantees are what we expect from Patrick Mahomes. There's no way around it. He is who he is. The fact that he hasn't been exactly who he normally is, even though he is supposedly healthy, and, and I don't see any lingering issue there. I, I don't think that he's uh, harboring some uh, less than optimal on that high ankle spring from last season or anything like that. Uh, he even joked. Uh, last night in post game in the locker room about, hey, you know, I'm sorry I had to make it so interesting because there's just that press factor. And I think what we have to get to the point of something is off. And I think it's just despite all the offseason work, despite everything that, that they do to try to bring that together, you just don't have the same feel for who's going to be where when yet. Even though I think MBS is probably, I think, running routes – Better to expectation than he has ever in Kansas City at this point. You're still trying to feed in Tony. You're trying to feed in Sky Moore, who I don't have an explanation for why they're not doing more creative things for him. They don't seem to be utilizing his maximum as, as I would expect them to. So it's still very much a hunting for who can go where, when, and have that trust factor. And the Sky Moore thing is very curious to me. Uh, they went to him early in the game, and then they didn't go back. And – you know, you run a specific route, and yeah, I get he didn't run the route that you wanted him to, or he didn't run the route as you wanted him to. He, you know, Mahomes is asking him to come back further for the ball, and I get it. I mean, it makes sense what Mahomes was expecting of him. But then to not go back from him, and this is really where it comes from to me. I think there is something wrong with Mahomes. I'm not exactly sure what it was. But if you go back and watch a lot of his throws, it sure didn't look like he had the zip 
or the distance at all last night. In several times, he missed throws that he would normally either put on the money, and I'm not talking about the interceptions. I'm talking about the deep ball down the middle of the field where he was Mm -hmm. 10 yards short, and it looked like he tried to do everything he could to put the ball down the field, which he has the arm. We've seen him make that throw without having to do something like that. So it was interesting to see that. But then, you know, outs to the sideline just didn't seem to be getting there as quick as he either. So I think there's something to that. But then the other issue, and this is really what I think it comes down to a lot of it, is he's not on the same page with all the wide receivers. MVS may be doing better than than he was last year, and that's great. Uh, Justin Watson is doing better than he was last year probably so far this season. Uh, but I think you're trying to run too many wide receivers in and out of the game. And I think that's what's really causing issues for this passing attack. Uh, I, I love what I've seen from Rasheed Rice. He he led the – or he was behind Kelsey in targets and only Kelsey mm-hmm. in targets last night. That's fantastic. But when you get so many wide receivers that you're running in and out, you don't get a feel for the game. Their wide receivers don't get a feel for the game. And you bring in Tony – and you throw two passes to him in, what, four or five plays, and you don't go back to him the rest of the night. That's a perfect example of one of the things that they're struggling with on offense. And this this leads to my next point, is why why is Mahomes not being Mahomes? It's because he's, I think, pushing to do a little bit extra because with, like you said, not only the target numbers, but the snap counts is too. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you can see uh, some of the statistics here. Obviously, Kels with the most targets at nine. Uh, Rasheed Rice comes in at four. But when you take a look at snaps as well, I think that's where it gets kind of interesting because trying to balance all of that, for just those couple of touches, you saw Rasheed play 32 snaps, 17 of passes. Kadarius Tony 12 pass plays, yet didn't get that kind of attention. And I think it is the, the bounce back effect that we usually like to tout about this offense and being able to spread the ball around to a number of different weapons and different types of weapons. But when you have to do that, it makes it harder to establish a rhythm. It makes it harder to make those split second plays where maybe you're anticipating a little bit more. Maybe you're pushing it into a tighter window. We we know that we haven't seen the tight window throws that we're looking for in this offense most of the time yet. And I do think it is because of volume out there on the offense. Interestingly enough, if you go back to the passing stats since you have it up, to the receivers. I'll let you do this. Go back to the receiving and then scroll over to the right. So I looked at this. And this is something that I'm going to talk about when I start doing some more articles on Chiefs Corner, which should start this week. But you keep going a little bit further to the right. <clears throat> you get into a point. CTT is contested target or contested targets and then contested targets caught Mm -hmm. they had two contested targets last night they only threw into coverage twice into tighter coverage twice didn't catch any of them they have 19 total on the season they've only caught five that's almost half of what they were doing last year when it comes to the percentage that's a bigger problem when you're not catching the passes that are being thrown to you and yes they've had a ton of drops but then you also get into the fact that they're on pace for something like uh, 75, which is about where they've been, although some years they've been as high as 80. So they could be 75 to 80 passes this season. My whole point is they're not throwing the ball. They're throwing the ball a little bit more in contested passes usually, 
Didn't happen this week, but they're not catching him. That causes a problem. And if Mahomes isn't going to get catches from guys when he's throwing it to him in those situations, he's probably not going to throw him the ball. And you look at when you go back to, you know, Sky Moore and MBS and Justin Watson, they all had plus 30 snaps. Some of them had 40 plus snaps and only have as many targets as they did. I think Sky Moore had two total targets on the night. Justin Watson had one. MBS had two, I think, maybe three. Uh, and I think there was a couple that had penalties in there as well. But it's just hard. I mean, you cannot continue to do that as an offense. And when you have a wide receiver or a tight end that's playing wide receiver like Kelsey has uh, and has been your number one, if he's struggling, the whole offense seems to struggle. And he couldn't get it together at different times last night to help the offense. Yeah, it was very, very difficult. And the offense as a whole is just struggling a little bit over on the right-hand side. We, we know about Juwan Taylor's struggles with penalties, et cetera. Um, got another couple. I don't think he was making his blocks very cleanly. He and Trey both gave up four pressures last night, um, all from the right-hand side. And generally, it felt like the pocket was collapsing most of the time. And so when you have that combination of receivers not getting as many snaps as you want, not getting those tight targets – when you have to get the ball out and you have this crumbling pocket or or what maybe feels like one to Patrick Mahomes because he's used to either having a wall that he can run out of or that he's got a pocket he can step into, when that is getting pushed back, I think that all leads to this kind of frustrated pushing, trying to make plays every five seconds. And that's what led, I think, to Patrick being quote-unquote off so far this season. And we'll, we'll see what he has to say about it and how he turns it around. And they allowed 17 pressures last night. That is not something you normally see from this line. Creed uh, has been playing fantastic all season until last night he allowed his first sack, his first pressure. Uh, and, uh, I mean, obviously you knew it was going to be on Creed the way it came, but that offensive line struggled after the first couple of drives. I don't know what changed on the on the Jets' defensive line, but Kansas City wasn't picking it up, wasn't picking up stunts and twists correctly. They weren't doing the pass blocking that they've been doing so well early in that game, and I really don't know how it shifted so bad. Yeah, it, it looked as though the preparation was not quite there for what ended up happening. And quite frankly, this is a, a top front in this league that once they got that safety, they elevated their game, and, and the Chiefs weren't able to respond for a bit. It took them a while. Were they eventually? Yes. But they were definitely on their heels for a good quarter, if not more. Who wasn't on their heels? Well, that was the defense. You got a, a contribution from them that maybe you weren't expecting, and it certainly went a long way in stabilizing what this, this ugly win gets you. But it's something that they've been basing this team on all season long, and they're going to have to continue that. The balance that you get on offense and defense comes in handy, and you never know who's going to really be the force in that particular game. But if you did want to get in on that action, depending on whether it's 17 points or 41 points, you can do that at FanDuel. You can snap into that action right now at America's number one sports book because right now, you new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Just get in there. That's $200 in bonus bets just for placing a $5 bet, win or lose. It's uh, If you've been thinking about joining them, this is the deal to go get after because there's no better time and no less risk right now than to get in the action. It's easy to use. You can get into their app. You have all kinds of options there. You can bet spreads, player props, money lines, over-unders. The whole nine yards is there, quote-unquote, and you can get into it at FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. 
and kick off this NFL season, get after it. FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NFL, so check out FanDuel.com. Now, that defense is, is what we have to come around to. When we take a look at what they were able to produce, I think it's it's enlightening as well because, yes, Quentin Williams was in this, this ball game from the other side. Chris Jones was in this ball game from the Chiefs side, right, to the premier interior pass rushers. But when you go back and you check out pressure pro uh, production in this ball game, uh, you get George Karloftis at the top of the heap. Didn't finish. And quite frankly, George George was winded. He was doing a lot of work out there. And, and as I went back and, and rewatched the broadcast, I haven't seen the 22 yet, but the broadcast definitely showed that there were times where he was asked to do maybe a little bit too much for his current conditioning level. But he was able to get that pressure. Chris Jones was able to get pressure. Three from him last night. Obviously, he got the sack from Jones. He got another uh, from Edwards on the blitz. Willie Gay is the guy that maybe we didn't expect to do that because he got the batted pass, and that's kind of a athletic Willie kind of play. But in the end, he was producing pressure as well. And when you look down the list, what is it? I think it's 10 guys that contributed pressure against that team last night. Yeah, and you killed me. I was going to ask you earlier before we got into this who had the most pressure last night in the least amount of, in a lower amount of snaps than Chris Jones, and it was George Kaloftis. He continues to be a guy that is going to go against uh, and get a lot of pressure. He had 34, 33 pass rush snaps compared to Jones's 34 and got one more pressure. Uh, obviously, Jones got home. Karloftis got close. There were several times where he was right there. He just couldn't get home. Uh, I think he'll continue to get those. And the other thing that's exciting to me about this is the defense continues to play well, and they still are missing probably a starting defensive end. Yeah. Well, and that's – I see where you're coming from there. I was just going to point out actually here that what you saw is you got a first uh, quarterback contact here from Felix. Uh, FAU got a pressure and got a hit on just 10 pass rush snaps. So that's, that's starting to come along, and I think that maybe you're going to see him grow into that role – Clearly, another couple of ball games without Charles and Menahue, when you get that back and you have him coming on and, and being able to come around the edge a little bit more than we've seen in years past, plus George really manning that other side, I, I feel like we're in position to see the Chiefs defense take another step forward in terms of being able to protect the, the secondary by getting a little bit more pressure. This is already a good unit, but they could press themselves into the top 10 here really handily very, very quickly on the, his return. And it's not all on Menahue, but... I'm excited about that. Do you think that that's within the realm of possibility? I definitely think it's in the realm of possibility. And I also look at this and I say, you know, you look at, I'm not trying to take anything away from FAU. I think he's played well. He's getting pressure when he gets in. Uh, he's, you know, it's not fantastic, but he is going to be a guy that they knew was going to be growing into it. You weren't expecting starter reps from him this year. So anything that he does this season is basically additional things that you weren't, you know, that you didn't think you were going to get. So, I think that's a good sign. But do you have a mini view that's also going to be able to spell a guy like Treshawn Warden, a guy that could go in and spell Chris Jones from time to time? And I know people don't want to take Jones off the field in third downs, and I get it, but he's not going to be able to play every single snap that's a third down, generally speaking. So having another guy that can step in there and actually give you a pass rush, no, he's not Chris Jones, but he still is very good inside. He can give you both interior and exterior pass rush. That's going to be a big boon for Kansas City. Dan has played fantastic as well. So I think you look at this unit overall, they're not getting home just yet. But I do think that as they continue to gel, as they continue to get 
more comfortable with all of the players that are new in that unit. Uh, I think they're going to get much better, and I do think they'll be getting home, especially I was really surprised. You look at this, and what was it? How many pressures did they have? Oh, you already moved it to coverage grades. Here we go. Uh, how many? 20 total. 20? 20 total. It did not feel like that. Mm. It didn't feel like Zach Wilson was under that much pressure, and that surprised me, not necessarily because the Chiefs weren't getting home near as much as you didn't see Spags sending people from places that you would expect to see him throw at a young QB. Part of that was yeah. Wilson was getting the ball out quick uh, after the first couple of series, but I, I really expected more from Spags in this game. Well, and here's the nice thing you can take from these pass rush numbers is that obviously George Carlottis is George Carlottis. When you get pass rush snaps, when you get six blitzes from Willie Gay, when you get another three from Drew Tranquil, you got three from uh, Mike Edwards from the safety spot. Plus you're getting down here and uh, Leo had a couple as well. You're, you're getting more uh, linebacker level and safety level blitzes. Um, what was it? Two, one for Sneed, four for McDuffie. And we know that they like to send their their top corners, especially from nickel alignment, so that makes sense. But this was an uptick in how much you're sending the linebackers. And I think that is a, an interesting part of it as well because I thought Willie looked maybe the best that he's looked in terms of being prepared and in the correct position uh, maybe in the last season or two. Yeah, and what a steal Tranquil has been. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to them getting Nick Bolton back, but Tranquil has been a – very good player for this Chiefs team and for very cheap this season. So uh, looking forward to being able to see how that continues to grow when he's able to come back, which I would expect will be in the next couple of weeks. Uh, agreed. Um, a couple of other highlights I want to point out about the stats. Um, don't mind the grades, but just take a look at this. Um, Smart Connor uh, graded out well. That's fine. Aligned as the slot nickel, only played seven coverage snaps. He did allow two receptions, but he's only given up nine yards in those two receptions. So, I really do like the fact that he's he's kind of feathering in another uh, chess piece that they can add. You get the guys that are, are giving up low percentages, and this is where it comes in. A lot of folks uh, a little flustered with uh, both Jerry Sneed and Trent McDuffie. Uh, Sneed sitting here at, at 57% uh, on completion rate last night. That's a solid outing. You have to give him some credit there. Um, you had Drew Tranquil who gave it the most yards, and, and quite frankly, there was a couple of mismatches there, and there was one – Long play, I want to say, uh, yeah, 29 yard. Trent McDuffie, same uh, situation. Uh, of the 47 he gave up, one came on one, uh, 39 of those came on one play. So, I mean, that's 80% of the yards that he gave up uh, on what is 75% completion. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're doing fine. And I think that when you total all that, yes, it's a little bit spread out. Um, I think there's a play that Justin Reed would like back. That's for certain. Um, Brian Honestly, actually, go watch the film. Uh, you want to say he wants that, that TD back? Okay. I don't disagree with you, but considering Mike Dana's helmet was on the ground and Reed tripped over it, mm-hmm. not much you're going to be able to do in that scenario. That's fair. I, I'm, I'm sure he still wants it back, though. Oh, I'm sure he does, but my point is, is it was a penalty. It should have been a penalty on their offensive line for hands to the face because he knocked Dana's helmet off. Reed trips over it and gives him a wide open touchdown. I'm sure he wants it back, but he was in position as much as he could be considering. That's fair. Uh, a couple of other notes uh, right here is just that um, the one missed tackle that I thought really made the big thing was that Brian Cook was in position, wasn't able to wrap up and uh, ran through that one tackle. Jude Tranquil had a couple of missed, but uh, four missed tackles on the day. 
Uh, I actually had one more in my notes, but uh, overall, not a terrible outing. You're going to have a few every ball game, and it feels like they're settling down. This was a little bit more dynamic uh, in terms of the missed tackles, and I think you can credit that to uh, you know the talent on the other side of the ball, but something that they definitely need to uh, continue to lock down, and I think that they'll be able to. As well, we, uh, as I was just going to say, they may have missed tackles, but Brian Cook also had a game-saving tackle. His tackle on Rizal was phenomenal. And watching, rewatching that, if you can go rewatch that clip, watch him flip his hips and see how quickly he gets around to be able to uh, take on uh, Hall's juke at the middle, of, towards the middle of the field. Yeah, uh, it's it's a bit of an up and down. It's a bit of a roller coaster, pluses and minuses. But I think they're going to be able to get this straightened out. And quite frankly, they're ahead of where they've been as a defense the last couple of years. That Wait. helps Mahomes. That buys you time to get those reps in. Hopefully, for the offense, having that defense's structure and its its strength behind you allows you to sustain some drives and get some of those extra plays in that we need for those wide receivers in particular. So you talk now, about the defense and how well they played. I just got to say this really quick. Saw this put out. I think Kansas City allowed 450 points in Mahomes' first season starting. They're on pace for 255 this year. It's got to be nice. <laughs> now let's now let's take away some of the blunders, and I think they're going to be in good shape. Don't get the ball away. Bottom line, that's that's it. Just take the sack if you have to. Um, we're going to wrap up with a couple of questions since we are live. If you guys would do us the favor, make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're not, and hit that bell if you want to get notified when something goes on. You also have to have your general notifications for YouTube turned on in your app if you're on your phone or uh, on the desktop if you're using it that way. For those of you on TV, I know it's hard to get, get notifications, but you might want to sign up for that anyway. We're going to take a couple of your questions here as we wrap up for the day and be back with us tomorrow uh, because Matt Derrick will be here for the inside look from the, the uh, organization. Give us the information that we have to have as we get ready for the next contest. Uh, that will be the Vikings. Lee, who would you start at top three receivers and give the most targets to? So if you were just going to run a platoon of three and they had to be Ironmen and play the entire game, who are they? Well, obviously you're throwing out Travis Kelsey because you're talking straight wide receivers. I just want to make that point. Yep. Uh, I would say MBS, Justin Watson, and Rasheed Rice. And I know a lot of people are going to hate that to some extent, but Watson's shown that he deserves to be there. MBS has been, I would say, solid, not spectacular, and has shown out when he's had chances to at times. And, you know, so to me, I think those are the three guys I would go with. I have no argument there. It's time to feed Rice. Um, and that's what John is saying here. He should uh, start getting more uh, playing time. I, I agree. And they, they gave him some targets. They gave him um, second uh, leading wide receiver targets yesterday. Again, they have to continue that. They have to up that. And I think they have to maybe settle out some of the gimmick plays. Let's just go straight ahead. Let's run some slants. Let's run some digs. Let's do the basics that we know can move the ball. We don't have to have all the jewelry. We don't have to design things for Kadarius Tony. Uh, let's let's simplify a little bit against the Vikings, and I'd like to see that. Well, and I'm really curious if they're going to simplify things. Why can't they do that for Sky Moore? I, it just it baffles me. He's not being asked to do the things that he can do well, and I, I think that's a misuse of him. But regardless, I agree. Rice needs to get more targets. Uh, but you also have to remember back in August. Veach talked about this. They're going to have – this is a long season. They're going to have certain plays in things, packages that they want to work on with Rice and with a guy like Justin Ross. That's going to be something that they're going to continue to grow in. Is If Rice can get past his drops that he's had, I think he'll get more snaps. 
Yeah, that's a fair assumption. I would think that as well. Are we drafting Justin Reed's replacement next year, or is the person aren't on the team already? What do you think? I think it's probably a decision yet to be made. I'm just trying to see what uh, Reed's contract situation is. If they were to part ways with him, you're going to save 10 against the cap next year. Um, you'd have three and a half in dead money. I, I want to say that I'm that they're probably going to ride it out. And while they won't part ways, they could definitely draft another guy to do that. But I think they feel comfortable with Cook. Mike Edwards is here on, on what is a relatively cheap contract as well. If you needed to keep the veteran, you could do that. I think Jamar Connor, like he's going to be the pivot point. Let's see how he develops, see what he can do. And I think that may make the determination. I like what Justin Reed has done, but I have to admit that I don't think he's been uh, the playmaker that they had hoped and that some of us had expected him to be in Kansas City. I would agree with that, but I would also say I don't think that they want to give it to Connor and Cook to be their guys next year or a rookie and Cook to be their guys in 2024. So I would expect that they stick with Reed. Reed's still only going to be 27 years old next year, so he's still pretty young. Uh, And if you can get a a guy like Mike Edwards to come back, I think you're pretty set at that position. Agreed. That's going to do it for us today, folks. Make sure you like, sub, hit the bell. Matt Derrick's going to be with us tomorrow, so make sure you're back. We'll be on and live as usual. We appreciate your time spending with us. Make sure you check out the rest of the podcast network because there's shows on every single team including those Vikings. We're going to talk later in the week, some inside information on the Vikings, see where they're going. Uh, Addison, I don't know. Somebody they got to watch. I don't know what they're doing with them up there, but we're going to find out and what that running back situation is as well. So thank you. Make sure you sign up for the text line. If you want to get in the text message world, we are doing that at 816-357-8781. And we will be back with you tomorrow. We're going to have a great show. I hope that you guys enjoyed the rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for being with us. And we'll talk to you then.